Live? Live! But we don't have to necessarily know what that means. What's the someday of Black? I don't know that we want This story happens now. Ladies and gentlemen, the movie writes itself. Ooh. I'm still streaming. How do I stop streaming? No! Never gets old. Never gets old. So, I apologize for the uh, baby crying in the background and the incredibly disheveled hair. New father woes. What can I say? I mean, Ben, this is just what you normally look like, baby or no baby. Like, (laughs) oh, I've got a baby now. That's the reason why. Like running, I'm like, yeah, like, like the baby in one arm, and I'm like, I need another cup of coffee. Oh shit, I'm running late. Ah, fuck. <laughs> How is new fatherhood treating you? Oh, I love new fatherhood. I love new fatherhood. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Something's going on with your microphone today. It's a little echoey. It's kind of like got this like. Let's see if it's plugged in. Yeah. And now you're gone. Can you hear me now? Oh, now that that's the Jake Thornton. I there you know. go. There yeah. you go. There you go. All right. Now, so- I gotta lose the I gotta lose the Yeti mic because it interferes with our screen sharing. Really? And while I like the way that it sounds when we screen, you know, we get an echo. I've had no problems. Yeah, None. for some reason mine is and my setup is just causing me an issue. But you know what's because I share your screen, you don't share mine. Mm. We'll have to you know what we'll have to switch that and see if my mic Yeah, I just we have that we have we have a Google Drive issue that I've still never been able to figure out. Do you remember? That, that I don't really understand. So weird. That, oh, I still can't understand. These people are like listen to these guys like penny of us like talking about our our random <laughs> setups technology setups although you know for for anyone else who's out there like in a partnership um like this is the shit that we deal with on a daily basis as far no. as like, tech stuff. i mean tech even stuff. like definitely for the last almost three years pandemic wise we've yeah. had like to deal with okay do what what software do we use? Are we on FaceTime Messenger or, or Facebook yeah. Messenger, FaceTime, Zoom, whatever it might yeah. be? Um, we screen share. We A lot of people share. use various different softwares that will allow you to write on the, on their own document, but there's this delay and it Just drives us lag. insane. That there's lag drives us insane. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Because screen sharing works so instantly. It does. There's no lag in it whatsoever when we do it via the way we do it is we actually do it via Mac Messenger, right? Via right. messages. Yes. And if you click on, if you're on, if you have it open on your on your computer, when you when you select a conversation on on the left hand side, you go up to conversation right. and ask to share screen or invites to share my screen, and that's the way that we do it. And it's been fantastically useful. It has really, and we've been doing that. Even when we worked in the room together. Yes, that's right. We would. We, we yeah. used to sit at two desks. We, we actually had like, a, yeah. like, sometimes it was two desks pushed together. Sometimes, yeah. then I got that giant table mm-hmm. that was like, you know, with the right. room. And then you had yeah. an L shape where you were on one side and I was on the other. Yeah. We'd have our laptops or sometimes your iMac. Yeah. And we would screen share so that we didn't have to like look over the other person's shoulder. No, exactly. We were able to look at the same screen. It always worked very yeah. well. And, and, and it does that, or it does audio with that too. But right. that sometimes interferes with whatever. And you got to like mute one thing and yeah. not yeah. the other thing. But I'll tell you, with remote working, I, I will say I was very nervous about, mm-hmm. you know, um, you not being in LA anymore yeah. and yeah. me still being here and would mm-hmm. we be able to make this work? Yeah. But um but we have technology is amazing. Technology and amazing. and other than the fact that I can't literally punch you when punch I punch me in the face. You, Here's the thing, the advantage mean, of that is is that also I can't punch you in the face. That's true. That's so true. Yeah, I guess it works both ways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today, um, January 4th, uh, the Wednesday, um, Wednesday, anyone who's just joining us, welcome back to Ben and Jake Write a Movie, where we hope to write a movie uh, live. One of these days, We're maybe. inviting you into our virtual living room that we, yeah. that we get uh, into every day. Yeah. Um, and yesterday... 
I'm actually going to skip over the business talk today, if that's all right. right. Because I feel like we have a lot to talk about on the movie itself. Yes. Um, Unless there's a topic that you were thinking about, we could do 10 minutes on. Um, I was only going to, and it is, it's not so much business race, but it is craft related. Okay, It's basically something that we're experiencing at the moment, which Mm. is our, we're exploring a new way of working. Mm. And I found it to be interesting um, to explore it. And to be clear, we're in the middle of exploring this new way of working. So no idea how it's going to come out. No idea how it's going. But I just wanted to kind of like feedback and just explain our experiences with it. So first of all, let me explain the way that Ben and I currently work. We do this. We're doing what we're doing right now, which is we outline together. We, we get together, we discuss what we want our movie to be, and we write what the outline is going to be. That work is done together in the room. Um, yeah. Then we divide that outline up um, sequentially. So pages one through three will be me. Pages approximately. Will be Ben, again, approximately. Again, we, you know, we kind of look at the scenes and go, how many pages do we think this is going to be? How many, whatever it is, you know. Um, and then I go away and write, pages one through three. Ben goes away and writes pages four through six. When those pages are done, we send them to each other. We have carte blanche to change any and every, anything and everything in those pages. Mm -hmm. Uh, And again, though, we have outlined together. We have talked through the normally at the beginning. As detailed, if not more than what we're doing on this podcast. Absolutely right. And then we rewrite each other's work. Right. With the complete faith going, you can do whatever you want. If you don't like that line of dialogue, don't like the way that line of actions, mm. think there's something missing, add it. If you think there's something extraneous, take it away. And then in the afternoon, we get together, we combine those pages. And typically we've done maybe between five and eight pages a day that have been rewritten yeah. by each other at least once. Okay. So that's the way that we typically work. Right. Um, we get through a first draft perhaps in a few weeks. Three weeks. Yeah. About three weeks. Yeah. So, um, we're working on a spec at the moment, another fun, fun concept. And um, we just like to try a new way of, uh, of doing this. We st- we've outlined together. So we have the outline traditionally as we've been, yeah. as, we, as, we, as we're doing it here. But Ben had this observation and it was really interesting. He said, I wonder if there's a way to play more into our strengths. And I said, well, what do you think our strengths individually are? Ben said, what did you say about yourself, Ben? <laughs> putting me on the spot what are my strengths um i think i tend to be um my my strengths are in the details i definitely am more um of a meticulous kind of uh writer who um i take my time and want to make sure that all the i dot the t- uh, the i's and cross all the t's and um and so I think it, and and I also think I'm really good at looking at work and going, this is what doesn't work and this is what does. This should get moved up to here. I think I'm a really good um, rewriter. Mm-hmm. I think I, I, I have a very good grasp of seeing dialogue and going, this is either we could say this in two words or we can cut it completely. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, this is actually really needed for the emotional part of this scene, it actually needs to be expanded. Sure. Um, and yeah, I think I, I would say those are definitely strengths of mine. Um, what would you say yours are? Well, it was interesting because you kind of, <laughs> I you told me what out. you think my strengths are. You said, you know, that you always feel that I am eager to get words on the page. Yeah. And that I'm this kind of like horse chomping at the bit, waiting to be let out of the stalls. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely right. I do have this, you know, energy of yeah. wanting to get something out there. So yeah. Ben proposed this. He said, Jake, you take the outline that we've written and you write the whole first draft. You do everything as if I wasn't even here. <laughs> and then I am going to be rewriting after you so for example now this actually worked out really well because you were what you were away i was away away on vacation with your lovely your lovely family and left me at home in the rain of the pacific northwest your lovely family family, (laughs) so during that week i wrote 
act one of our new script. Again, based on the outline that we've done. Now, we weren't talking much that week for no. Holly. It was like, you're on vacation, go and enjoy yourself. So, you know, we weren't, I wasn't talking through any new ideas that had come up. Um, and I don't think that would normally be the case. But anyway, I wrote that act one. And then Ben has, since then, over the Christmas break, rewritten that act one. Mm. And was able to go, oh, that was in the outline. That doesn't actually work. Um, we don't need that. You know, did, did, did what he would normally do. Mm -hmm. And yesterday we read through act one mm -hmm. and it was interesting. It was, <laughs> what would you say that your, that your takeaway from it or your experience of it was yesterday? I mean, I would, I, I would say that I thought it was good. I, I, don't, I think, um, I think interesting is usually a word that we use when we don't like ah. the, uh, the end result. So I'm curious, actually, for you to oh, sure, 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 sure. tell, tell me what what was so interesting about it. Oh, well, I think what was interesting about it was, was that um, I got the same. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. Mm, that's true. I wasn't sure. So that's what I mean by it was interesting because I was like, I came to kind of going, I came yeah. to it with, 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 with trepidation because... The communication hadn't been as fluid as perhaps no. it might be in our other yeah, way. I had that experience when I first opened the document to yes. look at your pages. Totally. That was more me going into going, okay, I know Jake has written this. Yeah. But it's my job now to rewrite it. Yeah. And I don't know what's coming next. Although I know the outline we wrote and I know what we yeah. agreed on being in each scene, but then I'd come across a place and I'd go back to the outline and be like, oh, this isn't in the outline. Right. Do I, why did he add this? Did he add it? Does it work? Does it not work? Mm -hmm. Do I agree? And having that, you know, semi freedom to just go, no, I don't agree. Mm. And just do it. Totally. But there was trepidation involving that because I because my feeling was I wonder how he's going to feel when he reads this. Yeah, sure, totally. <laughs> well, I guess the way I felt when I read it yesterday, ultimately, was again, it's like how can you remove yourself from this and just view this as a document that may yeah. one day become a movie? Um, right. And so, were there things that I missed in it? Yes. Were there things that I think could be different? Yes. Were there things that were better? Absolutely. You know, so it was the experience that I normally get mm. when we're doing the other way of working. Sure. You know, which is, oh, some things I really like, some things I'm not sure about. But again, ultimately, this is a living, breathing document. Yeah. There's a delete key. There are extra keys that allow you to write new words on your keyboard. So yeah. we can change this document as and when we want to. And it will be then, we are just in the process. And ultimately, it is... While it's not a first draft, essentially it is, but it's just gone through a few more yeah. stages of what that first draft looks like. So one of the things that I think, and we talked about this yesterday, that we like about this method of working is it gives us freedom outside of typical work hours to work whenever we want to. So when we're working in the, I'll call it the old way, you're working as I'm working. Yes. You know, as soon as we get off the phone in the morning, I'm going to do this scene, you're going to do this scene, talk through what it is. You're working, I'm working. You yeah. can't start, do, I can't start doing any more work until you've finished. You can't start doing any more work until I've finished. Right. And, and we write at different paces. Absolutely right. And there are times when you have been waiting for me or I've been waiting for you. Yes. You know, it's fine. I go away, do some painting, you, you know, whatever you do, <laughs> play some video games, whatever it is. Video games. You know, uh, soothe your baby daughter. Yeah. Baby. Little Horizon Forbidden West. There you go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, there's that moment. But sometimes that happens. But this is like, okay, I want to do some writing at 10 o'clock at night. I'm not waiting for your pages. Right. You know, I perhaps have a little more freedom doing the first draft. Yeah, because I ha I can't do anything. You until can't do anything until I'm done. But as we were saying, I tend to write a little faster. Well, and that's, that's not why. Yeah. And, and that's, that's it, why. isn't it? And that's why. Is it comes down I mean, to how it do we came out it? of a conversation about efficiency. And here's the yes. And it came out of a conversation of going, okay, we're going into 2023. Mm -hmm. And what is our goal for this year? And our goal, personally... Uh, the two of us is to write 900 scripts. Well, I think we said we'd like to write three new specs this year. Yeah. Um, 
And generally speaking, that that's not something that we normally achieve because we're usually going out for assignments or putting pitches together or doing other things that yep. suck time away. Yeah. Um, and so it would be, I felt like it was, it actually came from a tweet um, uh, from another writer that we know who is in a partnership and he was talking about him and his partner and their strengths and how yeah. they work. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And actually it was the same kind of dynamic of one is really good at the first draft and one is really good at rewriting. And I was like, I wonder if that's, yeah. I wonder how that would look for us. Yeah. I think that the challenge is, and I would say, I don't know how, I don't know whether this will be the way that we continue to work. I and I, yeah. and I think the reason is, and I'll be perfectly frank about myself, is that there is an ego aspect to the work that you do individually that is not the same as the work that you do together. Yeah. And so way back in the day, we would write every single word together together yeah and there was literally no ego involved because it was just we wrote it all together yeah. then we started to shift gradually in different ways into our yeah. current work and because we would only do three chunk three page chunks at a time yeah. it still felt like that final because we we'd read it through and polish yeah. anything we wanted to change so day to day it still felt like we were writing yeah. together yeah this way feels more like you've written something. Yeah. And then when I rewrite it, it feels like I've written something. When there's new dialogue and yeah. new scenes, or like I was just working on a scene last night that is the same intention of what you had written, but different. Yes, totally. And so there's an aspect of going, are we able to put our egos aside mm -hmm. um, to just go okay, that's what the other person wanted and they had their reasons and okay, mm. or are we not? And I think that there's going to yeah. be a challenge when we come to, I foresee a challenge yeah. when we come to the second rewrite. Yes. Because yes. you had the way that you wanted this movie to look and mm. I have changed that to be totally. the way that I feel the movie should look. Sure. Using what you've written as a jumping of off point and of also course. using our outline as the previous jumping yeah. off point. So it's not like it's that far away. No, no, it's not. But it's, it's still different. And so yeah. the question is, when we go into the third draft, now it's not just three pages that we might be arguing over a point. It's the whole script. Right. <laughs> and so whereas we might in the past go, you know what? I don't like this scene or I don't like what you changed in this scene or, you know, I really miss that beat, right. but it was only one scene. Yes. Now you're talking about, Oh, I don't like this, but it might affect 10 mm -hmm. pages. Mm -hmm. or and there was a, pages. Yeah. There was a moment yesterday, wasn't there, where we were talking about time. Yeah. I was like, oh, this doesn't affect me so much, but it might affect me. There was amount of time, but right. taken in between an, an event. And had I not been further on, that would have changed the way that something had happened in the future as well. So, I mean, ultimately, I think, you know, there are pros and cons to this way of working. Um, I think having done it, mm -hmm. when we have done it in a few weeks' time, we've got this first yeah. draft done, um, we'll be able to say, we know what that's like. When yeah. And if in the future, we, we might decide we want to continue doing it and find that it's a great way of doing things, we might not. But it could also just be, a way of working that we can utilize if we need to in the future. You know, if our schedules changed, if you are, if we're in a different country, temporary. It's another tool in the toolbox. It's another tool in the toolbox. You're able to go, okay, here are the challenges that this way of working presents. Here are the, here are the, here are the benefits. How does it look? Well, I think, you know, as a screenwriter, and we've, we've now really learned this multiple times, but mostly with The Princess. Yeah. The reality is you you're going to be rewritten. Yeah. Um yeah. in some way. And so there is I think a, a benefit to consistently checking your ego and going yes I wrote this but maybe there's a better way. Mm. And I think that means not just from you to my draft but also from my draft to our 
joint totally. rewrite. Yeah. And going, well, I thought I came up with the best way, but maybe there is a better one. Yeah, and, sure. and so knowing that going into any professional project and knowing that there's probably going to be someone who yeah. comes on board at some point to polish your script, rewrite your script, tear your script down. Um, the difference is, I think what's nice is that we go through that and then we actually do have the opportunity to come back and express our opinion, okay. whereas most of the time we wouldn't. And ultimately um, as well, isn't it, is it's with each draft, are you, you know, pushing the ball further down the field? Is yeah. it getting better? Yeah. And what we said yesterday, and I think it's true, I think the test of this process will be how soon do we have a draft that we're ready to send to our manager? Absolutely right. Absolutely. Because if it's the exact same amount of time, then we just go, okay, which do we like better? Yeah. If it's three weeks sooner, yeah. and we go, oh, we actually could produce more material that three yeah. weeks of the whole draft. Yeah. You know, and I, so yeah. I think that there, that will be the true test. That will be the true so test. Yeah. How quickly, and, and of course, how quickly do we have a draft that we, not just a first draft, but a draft that we like enough to yeah. send to people. And this is a lesson for any writer out there um, listening. Don't just fucking send off a first draft to anybody. Don't, don't send off a first draft to, I mean, your mom, you know, like, like yeah. sit down and, and read it yourself, <laughs> do your own notes, put your producer hat on, do a rewrite, like look at your pages with yeah. a really, I mean, really yeah. intense eye because no one wants to read a first draft. It's interesting. Again, Stephen King on writing. Um, he talks about the fact that he talks about this advice quite a lot. And I, I actually think it's a really good advice, which is, um, uh, put it away. This is obviously books wise, but I think it applies to screenplays too. Take some distance from it. Yeah. Put it, put it away for at least a couple of weeks. If, if you're, I think if you're working alone, this really applies mm. at least a couple of weeks. And maybe it does to us too. Who knows? I don't know. We've, we've never done that. We've never just gone, we're going to forget about that script and then right. come back. But it was interesting because last year, toward the end of last year, we did read a script that we'd written. And I was like, Two, I, actually. Two. And I went on the fantasy one, mm -hmm. went, I don't think this is the best version of the script. <laughs> mm. three, then. Yeah, sure. So you know, that. I went, I'm not, you know, but it, it's sometimes you do need that distance. But, you know, yes, I agree. It's don't, don't send out that first draft. Point being, don't send out the first draft. Don't send out first drafts. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> Let's get back into this project. We're just going to do a quick strip show here. Uh, what did Michael yeah. say? Michael said, hi from the UK. Hey, Michael, you're one of my people. Uh, just popping in to say, I'm loving this podcast. Thank you. I'm a little behind, episode 15. So it oddly feels like I'm talking to you guys from the past right now. And boy, uh, it's back here. There's a brand new Hank character who's cool. And I can't wait to find out if ever mm -hmm. Jake gets the potting shed he keeps talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we did for a while and then we took it out. Do we? Did, I think it's still in there. I think it's still the in there. Shed? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm checking out for now. Pesky spoilers. So if you respond to this, I'll only hear it sometime in February when I've caught mm. up. Keep up the goo. Keep up the good prop. Keep up the good work. Fine. And then my wife's yeah. helping looking good. Thanks, Siri. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so yesterday, um, I, I threw a little. Uh... Yeah. Wrench, a, a, a little thing in our in, into our machine. A curveball, uh, which was, is the concept that we're working on as fresh and um, bold as we think it is? Mm -hmm. Is there a way to clean it or even less clean? It's more about um, finding that thing that goes, I could tell you this movie in a sentence and you'll go, I see it. I get it. That's a movie. Sure. And, and you know, we got a question at the end, which was because we, we spent a good half an hour talking through the kind of challenge of this. And we got a question at the end that basically was like, well, is this the time that you would normally put it on a shelf, take it out behind the barn, we'll come to that <laughs> as they say. Um, <laughs> uh, and, um, and, and our answer, unite, United, was no. Actually, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not that time. Um, it's nowhere near that time. Yeah. So I, I I think today um, we need to challenge ourselves to go, you know, what is 
the best version of this movie. And I love everything that we've outlined. And, and it I may change those things and it may not. It may actually just yeah. infuse more meaning into those uh, moments. So, I've been having a little think about it. Okay. Over the, over the last 24 hours. Right. Um, talking it through. Mm. Um, mm. And I'm going to... I'm going to ask a question, and I, I don't come to it definitely knowing the answer. Yes, but there is a but there is a version, and it's actually about who our movies who this movie is actually about. Okay, because currently it's really about the female demon character in our right. mind. Bye, bye. Right. fantastic Charlize Theron. Sure. Um, and we come into this world going. There's something weird. She's weird. It's weird. Oh, there's something magical, strange going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's a demon. Oh, she's a demon, but she's living her life in suburban America. And um, and then she finds out this thing is happening. Um, and it feels like we follow her arc through. Right. Um, and it was you know, partly the, the pitch that I threw out yesterday regarding how we would explain this movie to someone. Going... What's the more interesting way and what's the more human way in, the way, a way that people might understand? Isn't necessarily, oh, it's a story about a demon, like you naturally understand what a demon is and what that and how that demon would then have rejected hell and decided to come to live mm -hmm. to Earth as a regular human being. But like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's part of the kind of complex nature of it. But if it were, and again, I understand that this is not the way that Terminator begins, you know, and we, 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 we reference Terminator a lot. Terminator starts with, you see Arnie show up, you see Michael Bain turn up, yeah. and, um, and you follow him for a little yeah. while. For at least I think you said it was like 15 minutes. It was a long time. Yeah. And then you meet Sarah Connor. Right. But I just wonder if that's right for this movie. You know, if we were following this girl, our Sam character, so you think through her the life. Main protagonist, shifting the protagonist to shifting, Sam. Shifting the focal point. She's living her life. She's a bit of a druggie. She's got some issues. She's trying to get out of this life. And then suddenly, she fucking discovered there's people in her house who are trying to kill okay. her. She runs. Someone's trying to save her. And it's like, what are you doing? It's like, you're the Antichrist. I'm what? What the fuck are you talking about? I'm going to pause you. Anyway. Um, because I'm going to counter the question with another Great. question. Great. How does that solve the problem? Because here's what I'll say. Uh -huh. Yes, that's a movie. That is, in fact, a version of the movie that we've yeah. been writing. Yeah. But that's also part of the problem that I'm observing, which is both movies are equally as valid. Both movies potentially work. Neither are the type of root core that goes, this movie can't actually function in any other way. Sure. Because conceptually, there actually hasn't been a change. I I hear that, but I don't necessarily think that the conceptual that a conceptual change is necessary. Well, I, I I'm feel not... like if it if it if 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 the human way if the character way in is this, I have a mu I have much more kind of urgency and well, I'm not bumping on. with her. I don't mind it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not rejecting that that pitch. The problem yeah. is that's not what I was bumping on, and that's yeah. I guess what I'm saying. Like this is absolutely a valid conversation, and would be something we'd probably address in a rewrite and go, "Is this right mm -hmm. that we're doing it from this character?" And so it's good yeah. to talk about it now. Yeah. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure that I agree, but but yeah, it's yeah. it's worth a broader conversation. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that the issue that I was bumping on coming back from the break is okay. Great. So. That's a shift in protagonist. But how does that create the um, truly fresh and unique movie that we're looking for, other than just change, and not a bad thing, change it to a human protagonist, whereby mm -hmm. we connect with them more. Mm -hmm. But the pitch is still complicated and um, our favorite word, execution dependent. Mm. Unless there's a thing that you're thinking that I'm not hearing, which would be a flip on what Sam is, a mm -hmm. flip on what this journey is, a flip on who the villain is, a, mm. a big, bold idea about what the Antichrist is. Mm -hmm. like, so far, all I'm hearing is 
and this is another way to write this, mm -hmm. which is valid. valid. Yeah, it's valid. No, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily think I was kind of coming up with that. I was kind of just trying to feel my way into it. It was born out of the question of like, how do we pitch this movie? And right. ultimately, it was that was the question that I was left with. Of course, everything you're saying, we talk about yesterday, absolutely, absolutely right. Is it conceptually clean? But if you were to say, you know, um, this is a chase movie whereby someone has to stop the Antichrist from emerging before Sunday evening, I might go, oh, okay, I understand what a chase movie is. I understand it's got something to do with heaven and hell. It, it's not that, that's not, it's not quite clear or clean enough. Right. But right. I do get a cleaner conceptual idea rather than going in a demon and a demon hunter have to team up to save the Antichrist because they're being hunted by demons. They're also oh, trying to get them. They're actually trying to save our life, but they're going to uh, like that, that, that becomes the messy conceptual stuff. But if you were to say, like we talked very early on, you know, you've got to get the, you've got to get this woman who could become the Antichrist to holy ground before Sunday or the world is going to end. I go, Oh, okay. I can kind of understand what this movie is. You got to get. Yeah, from I, mean, I think to there's me. a cleanliness anyway. of plot. I think I think that gives me a cleanliness of plot, and I think that's a, that's good. But it doesn't make me go, "Oh yeah, that's a movie." Mm -hmm. Okay. And 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 I'm being ultra okay. critical uh, about the idea because I feel like I want us to make sure that that we've kind of looked over. This is what we were talking about, about our different strengths and things. This is my, like, I'm literally picking it apart. But um, I wonder, like, for example, is there a version where you, where you would go, you know, you'd start off by basically saying, this is a movie that's, um, you know, all right, we've got a story. What if the Antichrist was a 22-year-old girl living in Portland. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sure. And I go, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a flip on what I might think of as the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. Perhaps. Maybe it's not big enough of a flip. I don't know. I don't know really what I think of as the Antichrist, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, you know? Um, and the only way to stop the to Armageddon is for a demon to to save her from transforming. You know, and that's like the back. The, the back. Yeah, the the that's interesting the interest the interesting spin could be the only save for humanity is actually a demon from hell. Yeah. Right. But get this, the only person who can save her is a demon who's given up demonhood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that so, kind of thing. So now I go, if you I'm just saying it that way, it's like, oh, guess what? The Antichrist actually just a 20 something woman in Portland. Yeah. Why? We'll get to that. Yeah, totally. And who's going to help save humanity from her? A demon. Yeah. And that's yeah. You know, making and and that's I'm kind of going to almost bring us back it's interesting to our very first conversation yeah. about the idea which is what's interesting? Well, what if a demon was actually the hero? Sure. Was that, that was what, character? That was what we were flipping. Because yes. you always think of demons as the villains. You mm -hmm. haven't seen who can we think of a demon that's your protagonist? At what point have we seen a demon protagonist other than maybe Hellboy? Um, mm -hmm. You know, and so that was why Charlize ended up as our protagonist, right. ultimately, because that was the big flip. Sure. But is there a way to look at the idea of an Antichrist as also the big flip? Is there a way to have both and to go, this is a movie, yeah. like, this is not a movie that you're expecting because our yes. Antichrist is just a girl. Totally. And the savior is a demon from hell. Absolutely. And it's interesting because that's, that's interesting. Because that's interesting. And it actually made me want to go back to an older version of Hank, where mm. actually you don't meet Hank properly. You sure. think he's an antagonist until early act two yeah, it's not even a buddy as much as it is yeah. he is he becomes someone who's part of the movie at like the midpoint or yeah. late 2.1 totally. he's out there hunting you think he's oh he's one of the bad guys right and then he becomes an ally 
But I think, you know, and here's I uh, here's what I would say. If if I if we were in a room, if we were in a general and we were meeting with one of our producer yeah. uh, colleagues yeah, yeah, yeah. and they said, well, what are you working on, guys? And we're like, well, we've been doing a podcast about like 50 episodes. <laughs> but no, really, um, we're, we go, well, we've got this movie and it's awesome. Yeah. And it basically asks the question. What if the Antichrist was a 22-year-old girl living in Portland? And, and what if the savior of humanity yeah. was a demon from hell? Right. And I go, oh, okay. okay so what is that? And then yeah. it's, well, it's a chase action movie whereby our demon from hell realizes that they can save this girl by stopping her transformation to becoming the Antichrist. Only get this, she's got lots of people after her. Other demons, demon hunters, and the cops. Yeah, Nazis and the IRS. Nazis, the IRS, <laughs> all of the bad things. <laughs> Aliens. Just love Nazis and the IRS. Monsters. <laughs> ghosts. Who aren't demons. Ghosts, vampires, werewolves. They're all coming it. for her. But no, I mean, like, honestly, yeah, that's okay. the pitch where I go, okay, that's really okay, interesting. Okay, cool. Now, what I would also say, though, is just to try and keep running with this, how do we make this fresh? Our version of Sam actually leans into what I would expect if I'm telling you that the Antichrist is actually a girl in Portland who's in her 20s. What I wouldn't expect is if she was a soccer mom. No, that's... <laughs> you know, what absolutely. I wouldn't expect is if she's like, you know... Uh, a sweet, you know, works for a charity somewhere, you know. Then I go, wait a minute, what? The Antichrist is, it's like if this oh, were I a fairy tale, yeah. you go, what if Cinderella was the Antichrist? But I worry. <laughs> but with the fact that you're laughing yeah, makes me go, I worry if it borders into comedic territory. Because well, there is a comedy movie where it's that. There How can you the Antichrist? I gotta get my kid to soccer on Sunday. Yes, no, there's a lot of humor absolutely in that. And and I would say on the one hand, the humor is not a bad thing, especially in this type of movie. But on the other hand, the um the tone of it is gonna come down to us and our voice. And yeah, sure, sure, that. Sure. I mean um, I'm also laughing because when I go, you know, what if Rapunzel was actually Arya Stark? Mm. And and it's like that's the it's the polar opposite. We literally did a flip with the princess where we said, "What if your damsel in distress actually was a badass?" Yeah. So I'm going, you know, what is the version of a damsel in distress in 2023? Mm-hmm. What is the version of the unexpected badass mm-hmm. who actually becomes a badass? Because she's becoming the Antichrist. Well, let's have a little conversation because that because there, there there is something deeply interesting from a character perspective about right. it. Right. Someone who is powerless, who is mm-hmm. perhaps meek or yeah. um, or um, very a very devout. Doesn't stand up for themselves. Doesn't stand up for themselves. Who discovers this power? She's becoming a demon. Ultimately, she's becoming a she, demon. She could start having demon powers. Yes. She, she could, could literally become a badass. And it becomes part of her character growth, whereby she acknowledges that she has that side of herself. And while she doesn't need to succumb fully to that, although that will be the battle that is going on inside right. her, that there's a moment at the end whereby you go, she's not just going to go back to being in this particular case with Sam, Susie right. Homemaker, or whatever it is. Sure. To be this new empowered version of herself. And I find that to be interesting. Yeah. And I wonder if there's, you know, a version that does all of that, that still has the unexpected aspect of it, yes. that isn't overly comedic either. I mean, the soccer yeah. mom is kind of a joke, although yeah. I have to say, it, you know, what I mean? I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I'm a soccer dad, and the the moms that are with me at the soccer games love oh. that they're soccer moms now. Oh, so it's not like, a, yeah, yeah. like it's a jokey thing, but actually it's not like a bad thing either. Um, yeah. You know, at the same time, I go, is there like what is the most unexpected version of the Antichrist that 
one would never um no one that she knows would ever expect that she would have to save i mean essentially she's got to save the world too right from herself right. she could destroy the world she could destroy it i mean like yeah. here's the either the destroyer of the of the world or the savior of the world it's going to be one yeah. or the other right yeah so who's the person that no one would expect doing that and who's the person who um is going to be fun to watch becoming that also like because yeah there's a version where it's melissa mccarthy i'm not interested well, in that I, was version. Thinking, I just have melissa like, McCarthy. like i'm totally not interested in that version of this movie yeah um but there's also a version where it's rose Byrne, and that's an interesting version of this movie to me mm -hmm. because i could see her and granted this is the much older version of sam but that's okay i, I we don't have to be limited to 20 year old no not like, at all. imagine the yeah. rose Byrne. Imagine Rose Byrne, who has like, who's just like this nice, friendly, neighborly, she's, you know. She's Rose Byrne from Peter Rabbit. Yes. Rose Byrne from Peter, who's a, who's a novelist who no one would think, no, she wouldn't even hurt a bunny, you know. Oh, like, totally. And this is the woman who's going to destroy the world. And, and then you have a demon who you're expecting to be villainous and horrible and, you know, the, I mean, you expect a demon to be evil. Yes, you do. And we would find a way to also do a fun flip on that. Now, again, you could go really comedic with this movie and you could have the demon not be, I mean, you could actually have Charlize be Melissa McCarthy. And that's a funny version of this movie as well. Again, leaning or into kind of big, broad comedy. Yeah, it's it's not really what we're interested in writing. Yeah. Um, but what is that? I mean, I like what we've done where it's like a demon who doesn't want to be bad anymore. I but do what, too. What does that look like in a cool way? What is the de Like if I just say that, so it's a movie about a demon who doesn't want to be bad anymore. That's a movie all in and of itself. That's just a high concept period. Mm. So... What is that? A mm -hmm. demon who doesn't want to be bad anymore. Mm -hmm. Like the ultimate embodiment of badness, the ultimate mm -hmm. embodiment of evil mm -hmm. doesn't want to be bad anymore. Mm -hmm. You know? So like, I feel like if we could find a way to kind of do that whereby it's not high comedy, although maybe the most sellable version of this movie is a high comedy. And guess what, guys? This isn't going to be Ben and Jake write a movie. It's going to be Ben and Jake pitch a movie. And then all of a sudden, and produce a movie that someone else writes, and we're going to produce it, and one of our viewers is going to end up writing it. There you go, exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, because yeah, maybe that's I mean... the most sellable version. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I mean, this is literally this is the brainstorming part of this process. Just going, <laughs> just what right is the most <laughs> high concept version of this movie? Yeah, yeah. You know. When I go, what if the what if the Antichrist was Rose Byrne living in Portland as a soccer mom, mm. I, I, and and the only person who can help stop her from destroying the world is a demon who doesn't want to be bad anymore. Mm. I mean, I think I, I I I instantly go, oh, I'm really intrigued by that. That's I'm, a good pitch. I think that's a good pitch. Yeah, I'm, like I am excited about that pitch. Yeah, I just don't know tonally what that movie like the first vision that i have is the it's not the r-rated version we've been talking about it's not the terminator anymore there is absolutely a version that is the pg-13 four quadrant version of that oh there absolutely is the pg yeah, I, I i completely agree there is it doesn't have to go all the way comedy in fact if you were going to go comedy you'd almost go r-rated comedy with it yeah um yeah i mean i think we I think we play to our strengths, you know, which which is fun. We're good at fun, yeah. you know. Um, I don't think we write comedy. Definitely you know? not live. <laughs> Definitely not live. <laughs> I mean, guys, we're funny, but we're not that funny. Not funny. Uh, <laughs> look funny. Um, I mean, I think you could lean into the four quadrant fun 
I'll, I'll use the an example of a movie that I found that I laughed so hard that I like cried. You guys didn't like it, but it was the recent Sandra Bullock movie hmm. um, that was with uh, Ch- uh, Channing Tatum. Can't remember the yeah. name. Uh, the Lost City. Um, did I lose your volume? The Lost City. Yeah, I lost your volume. That's okay. It was it was something that Jake is saying. He actually knows the the okay. People listening to the podcast can't see you miming Jake, so this is actually really not fun. Um, <laughs> yes. so, anyway, yes. the point is that there is Wait, a serious saying that version. she can hear me. People can hear me. You're not muted on here, so I don't yep. know what's going on. I don't know what's going on, but people can hear me. I'm going to have to write okay. this down on a pad. We're, Wait. We're live. So Jake is going to try and fix his technical difficulties. No, I'm not having technical difficulties. literally no uh, reason that I shouldn't be able people to hear you right now. can hear me. Oh, guess what? You put your volume down. It was my technical difficulty. <laughs> people can hear me. <laughs> I know. I see. I see, the problem is I see series comments on the yeah. side, and yeah. I just think she can hear you from the other room. Ah, oh, right. There so I go. didn't realize that she meant I could hear what him online. Isn't it? Like, oh, why? Why can't I hear you? I must have hit the mute button. Anyway, <laughs> um, apologies. Anyway, for um, so it was called The Lost City. That was Lost City. So that's like, or or yeah, like one I of those movies, like The Lost City. I mean, I, would you would you imagine us writing an Indiana Jones movie or a? I don't. I, don't, I didn't. Well, from the first ten minutes of that movie, hmm. I I was I was watching quite a goofy comedy. The Jewel of the Nile, or Jewel of the Nile, I would say is more of an Indiana Jones movie. But The Lost City right. was a goofy comedy. You hmm. know, for me. I mean, yeah, there there was definitely comedic moments for sure. Right. I mean, it was it was a comedy, but I but I would yeah okay. Um, it definitely had a big adventure yeah to it um you know i just go i mean there are elements in this in in the current version of the movie that i that i like Mm -hmm. um and i will say what i think those are i really like i do really i really do like this character of sam let's say i can't find other characters that i just take about say what i do like Mm. i like this character of sam I like the metaphor we're making for this kind of like drug lifestyle addiction and this uh, on this kind of like parallel metaphor with this kind of inner darkness that is this Mm. demonic entity kind of trying to come out. I think I found that to be interesting and intriguing. I found her character to be uh, flawed yet deeply likable. The fact that she wanted out of this situation, I really like. I really liked that. I liked when I was imagining the movie, the visuals of it. It felt, as I look out at the wind and rain, kind of, kind of dark rather than big splashy yeah. color. You know, um, and I feel yeah. like having to add these big kind of bold characters. And I, I'm, I just wanting to be. I'm wanting to be careful about. I said this earlier. Of not leaning into the comedy of, you know, how can I be the Antichrist? I've got to make dinner at five o'clock. You know, like it's. It, I want to be. I want to be. I want to be careful of that. And yet, I do like the idea of going. What would you not expect? And yet, I don't think it's a hundred percent necessary. So anyway, I kind of come to it with mixed feelings. Yeah. I mean, I I think I'm just looking at it, going the version that we have just doesn't stand out of the crowd without something else going for it that makes you go, oh, I haven't seen that. Like everything you're saying, I don't disagree with it and I'd watch it, you know, but that's a dark, gritty, probably feels a lot more like Constantine or, you know, like it's going to be, you know, grays and you know tones of of the kind of like you know um this series it's it's a serious movie about a drug addict who is going to literally take over the world the problem is that we have at the moment well number one is we haven't fully leaned into that so you do have things 
that are not tonally consistent fully with that, like Hank, um, or even Charlize's home life. Um, but, um, or even the moments with Zod, there's, there's a, there's an inconsistency in, in terms of tone there, but there's also just a lack of me going, oh, that's really unique or that's, that's a big idea. I think right now, um, Siri says she likes the Rose Byrne version I pitched. <laughs> the, the, uh, the, I think what I'm looking for and whether it's, you know, I don't, like like I just said five minutes yeah. ago, I don't want to lean into. We're not doing a broad comedy version of this. No, movie. no, no. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But I don't think that at the moment the and I love gritty R-rated dark mm -hmm. movies. I mm -hmm. I watch them religiously. But so far in this idea, all that has been doing to me is playing into Already what exists. I've seen before. Mm -hmm. I hear that. Everything about it just kind of feels a little worn uh -huh. instead of me going, I've got an idea you've never heard before. Guess what? Boom. You know? Okay. And I feel can, like we, okay. can I pull back from the soccer mum because it's bumping me? Yeah, sure. And I'm going to do the version that you'll like, which is, what if she's a librarian? <laughs> My wife's a librarian, everybody. You know, she's um, a meek librarian, quiet, unassuming, you know, lives a, lives alone with her cat, sweet, charming, likes to bait. Into every cliche of every librarian ever. Yes. But I mean, my wife is a librarian. My worry, here's the thing, but my worry with the soccer mom is you're playing to every cliche with the soccer mom, too. Like, they, you say them and you go, I have instant ideas of what you mean by soccer mom because they're, it's a cliche, you know. Um, so, but again, it's, it, it, but ultimately it's, it's lean. The reason to lean into a cliche is so you can then subvert it by going, but get this, they're the antichrist. That's why it's, that's what you actually use that. But my worry about the soccer mom is it feels, that feels like the hot, that the high comedic version of it. Again, that's that like, and that's just one version. Like the librarian's so, just one version. Here's the thing. Yes, there's the cliche aspects of a soccer mom i i use that term liberally because like i was saying when i pitched it i know a lot of soccer moms who are just moms of course. um and yeah. and there and it's not the it doesn't have to be the legally blonde version of soccer mom and you could take the word soccer mom out and just say she's an average suburban mom yeah. um does she I have to be a mom? Because again, I'm not sure. I don't know. No, she doesn't have to be a mom. She's a, whatever it is. I, 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 again, I'm and librarian is fine. I don't. I'm not. I'm not um, married to those details. Sure. What I'm looking for is the. She's not a person that you would expect to be the anti. I'm down. I don't want to play into cheap cliches i don't think you need the librarian living with cats who is meek and, and sure. wears glasses and and tweeds and you know like i i think that there's a modern version of this movie whereby the per, the she's a real person mm -hmm. but it, she's a real person that is not anything like the person that you would expect totally to be the bringer of to go back and reference to go back and reference terminator yes you know, sarah connor sarah connor sarah connor is a great example because sarah connor look if you told me that our character starts as sarah connor in terminator one and ends the movie as sarah connor in terminator two yeah or is heading in that direction yeah um you know like because and I think that's what ultimately was interesting about that character. And maybe, yes. maybe, maybe I'm working against my own thing about it being fresh. And yet they don't they don't call her the Antichrist. What's interesting no. about her is Sarah Connor is the last person you would expect to give birth to the leader of the human resistance, totally. the waitress in a diner. And what what's great about that is if I was pitching Terminator, I'd go, you know, a machine is sent back in time to kill the woman who's going to be the mother of the leader of of the human race. Oh, and get this. 
she works in a diner as a waitress. Totally. And you're like, oh, oh, that's great. Cool. And that's funny also. Yes. Sure. And yes. that's the yes. thing. That makes you laugh, but it's not a comedy. Right. Be and it's and it makes you laugh because oh, that's crazy. Like that mm. seriously, she's she's just a, a waitress at a diner, you know. Mm. Um, you could have had her as a soccer mom. It wouldn't have worked for the story at hand because she needed to have sex with Kyle Reese, mm -hmm. but it would have worked the same way. Mm -hmm. She's an average woman, and also yeah. in that particular movie, she she's not anything special, and that's yes. the point. Yes, uh, yeah, and ultimately, I think that's what we're looking for. Is we're finding it's that also interestingly enough, it's yeah, like totally. just a guy working at a computer. What's interesting about what I think I'm pitching is, it's the story of the one. Only the one means the Antichrist and not... The one is a bad the, yeah. the, It's, I'm telling the Matrix only what if Neo was actually becoming... I mean, and again, devil. I think that's an interesting flip on... That's the flip, kind of it's the flip on the one movie. You know, it's... That's the, that's the yes. trope that we're flipping. And then there's the something deeply the fun about that. Like, you know, pitching the scene, she comes home wherever she works... All of a sudden, she's attacked by demons. You know, right. suddenly someone's like, "Come with me if you want to live." Bam! Blows the demons away as they're peeling away. Like they're demons. They're after you. Why? Because you're the anti. Like, why am I like? Am I like going to give birth to the Messiah? No, you're the Antichrist. Imagine the the scene where Morpheus sits down with Neo and he goes, "I believe in you, Neo." Because you're going to destroy the world. <laughs> you're actually a machine. You're actually a machine, and we need you. You know, and really what, but what I'm going to do is yeah. I'm going to actually fix you. Right. And that's the difference in our demon character is he's not again. She's not the one who's trying to make Neo become Neo. It's actually the opposite. Yeah. She doesn't want Neo to become Neo. Yeah. I have to stop you from becoming the Antichrist. Yeah. So yeah. again, it's a yeah. flip on that character as well of going, you don't want this yeah. to happen. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, all of this, yes. I will say that in this conversation, and I think it's relevant to what we've currently been talking about and what we currently have outlined, Hank hasn't come into this conversation like hardly at all. It's still about this kind yeah, of relationship. It's about these two women, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree, but really? I think Hank is a really good supporting character. I don't think he's the lead of the movie anymore. Yeah, I, I but think but I think a very strong supporting character. I mean, look, oh. all of these movies can have very strong... Absolutely, and I feel like they should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, in fact... You know, like you think about all the various characters in something like The Matrix. And, yeah. and I think adding in someone with a really great story and a really strong through mm -hmm. line who is not, who is, who becomes an obstacle and an ally. I think it's a yeah. great, he's a great character. Yeah, totally. But it's not his story. Yeah. At all. Okay. It never really I was. Did. No, it never really it was, was, but he was very much part of the crew from act one. Yeah. I don't think, I, th I think this is kind of showing us that perhaps he shouldn't be. No, I think that the outline out of act one now, I would remove Hank and I would have all those same moments probably, or at least similar because we're going to change the dynamics of the characters. Structurally, I think it will stay very similar, only yeah. it'll be just Charlize rescuing I her. And I, and again, I don't mind seeing him, but thinking he's a, just a bad guy and having him be two steps behind him the whole time. And then yeah, I mean, he can be the guy who witnesses the whole thing, who's in the black hoodie, who like yeah, had a gun. In fact, we could have like a gun trained on them and he could fire and miss. Like, totally. we, could, we could think he's an assassin. Totally. All right. So we're about to wrap up our hour. I think this is good. I think tomorrow we'll just kind of keep digging a little bit on who Sam is in this current iteration. And again, I do just go, do we need to see all this backstory with Charlize, first of all? Or is it going to be more? I just don't know if I'm asking that question. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't... I think it de depends on... Again, it's like, what is the... If, if it's the Terminator, you do start with the Terminator. You do need to know... But here's the thing. Are. You don't know who Kyle Reese and the Terminator actually are until he meets Sarah Connor and tells Sarah Connor who he is. 
you don't know which one of them is the bad guy, but you do know who they are because you say the machines send back the uh, the fate of the world will be decided tonight. The machines are sending someone back through. Yeah, time. but again, you don't know what this thing is. You don't know who he like. There's like say like we know who they are. We if you're watching that, but it's hard to say coming to it from the first time. But when you like actually observe what's going, I mean, I guess you know he's a robot. But yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm just I'm just question I'm just questioning that for. For a fresh, for a, I a think fresh... it also depends on. Look, do we need to see the prologue in that way? Maybe not, but I don't know that the history. I think you do need to understand why this demon is doing what she's doing and who she is and where she and and why yeah. she's living on Earth. I'm not saying. Um, I'm not saying that that we lose that the necessary... I don't know where else it would go. You just have a big, massive expedition exposition dump. Yeah. Are you sitting comfortably? Are you sitting comfortably? So, a hundred years ago, I was with my friend. <laughs> His name was God. And the two of us went down into the bottom of the thing. But I saw... It's a very good video. It's a very good video. For anybody who 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 uh, is on YouTube, there's a great series on YouTube by Jonathan Stokes. And I forget the name of it. Mm. And it's very good. But I started to watch one yesterday. Jonathan Stokes is a screenwriter and, and author. And it's called, what's it called? But he does a series all about screenwriting and um, I can't even spell. Link to it in the comments. I will do. Yes, I'll link to it. But anyway, Google Jonathan Scope, Raising the Stakes, it's called. Mm. And he does a really great one on exposition and it's well worth having a little look at. So, yes, indeed. <laughs> great. Awesome. All right. uh Thank you everyone for for watching and joining us today in our awesome. in our banter, um, our banter about this this wonderful yep. movie. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and I just think it's getting better. Yes, it is. That's, and that's the plan. That's, that's, so that's the, the important part. So, no commenter from yesterday who I can't remember your name. We are not giving up. We're not giving up. We'll Go see you tomorrow. Never say die. We'll see you tomorrow at two o'clock. See you then. See ya.